previously on Fear the Walking Dead. That soldier has information. He knows the whereabouts of my wife. He knows where they have your boy. Mom, she just got on the truck, Dad. Because she, she wants to help people. I'm going to require a man with your talents when I make my move. Mama. I've never seen him turn that fast before. All those people, 2,000 of them. What did you do? We locked him in the arena. I chained the door. Hello and welcome to an all new episode of Talking Fear the Walking Dead. I am one of your hosts, Kente, and I am so happy to be here with you tonight. Uh, We'll be covering season one of the finale of uh, the show, and uh, it was a quite interesting episode, and I'm looking forward to, like, as I said, uh, in talking about it, excuse me, um, and of, of course, we love participation, and the way that you can participate is going to our website, and that's indyradio.org, I-N-D-Y, radio.org, as well as you can um, call in, and that number is 323-522-4601, once again, that's 323-522-4601. And also, too, make sure that you guys follow us on Twitter at Talking Fear the Walking Dead. I'm sorry, at Talking Fear TWD. Once again, that's at Talking Fear TWD. As well as go to uh, Facebook and we're uh, Fear the Walking Dead. Uh, I'm sorry, uh, Talking Fear the Walking Dead. All right, so let's introduce our co host. I'm going to start off with the man all the way from the ATL. Uh, our team is four and zero. It's the one and only Yardley. How you doing, man? Yeah, I'm doing great, and I'm excited to talk about the episode. We four and zero, man. Yeah, man. Very exciting, man. They handled business, so that's what I like to see. They kicked ass today. I I know it was forty two to something at one point. So yeah, yeah. I think it was forty one to nothing when the starters came out at the end. Do you mind if I jump on the bandwagon? Yeah, come on, man. All right, that's my team. I'm I'm rooting for them. I'm, that's what I'm rooting for. All right. Uh, also joining us is Olaf, and I know he doesn't care anything about about football, but the Indiana Hoosiers, uh, they uh, football team almost knocked off the number one football team, uh, Ohio State. They came so close down to the last well, play. I, I like the cheerleaders. <laughs> It's like, uh, I mean, it's like when it comes to football, I like the cheerleaders, but it's, in uh, the game is like, okay, that's part of it. But, you know, I can, you know, I watch a little bit of the cheerleaders every once in a while. <laughs> well, you, you know, I gotta, you know, it is, it is Sunday. So I do have to, uh, you know, say a little bit about football, you know? Right, right, right. right. That's like, that's, that's my favorite part of the football. If I happen to catch, if I happen to catch it, it's uh, it, the cheerleaders. I ain't, yep. I ain't mad at that. <laughs> Definitely ain't mad at that. So thank you for being here. Oh yeah, always a pleasure. Excited to talk about this uh, the the final the finale here. It's like it kind of took a little bit of a turn there for uh, I think so. Mm-hmm. And, and also excited too, to talk about it. Also too, uh, what's your uh, your uh, Twitter um, handle? Me? Mm-hmm. That's like uh, Olaf uh, at Olaf Barbosa. 
And uh, Yardley yours as well. At militant underscore marker. That's right. Also joining us is Tori Rush. How are you doing, Tori? I am great. This episode was amazing. I'm so excited to talk about it. Me too. And, and your Twitter handle? At Rush Tory T-O-R-Y. All right. Um, joining us, we have two guests for tonight. Uh, making her uh, second appearance is the one and only Cher Davis. How are you doing, Cher? Hey there, Ken. Say, doing well. How about yourself? I'm excellent. Today's been a great day. I feel like Ice Cube. The only thing I was missing was the Goodyear blimp that said uh, Kente's a pimp. That didn't happen. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, besides that, I'm I'm doing great. Good, good. Well, I'm glad that you guys uh, are having me back, and I'm really excited. All right. And uh, how can people get you on Twitter? At Cher Davis. Really simple. C-H-E-R-D-A-V-I-S. There we go. Yes. And last but definitely not least, we have the Movie Time host, the one and only Grayson Sonata. How are you doing? Hey, doing good. How about yourself? I'm excellent. I'm I'm doing uh, extremely well. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I, do you have a new show uh, coming out? Uh, pro- uh, on this Wednesday? Uh-oh, I think we lost you. Okay, we lost her. Well, over the time period, um, we're looking at a few more guests that have been confirming along the way, so we're going to be starting to talk to agents. All right, I need me an agent, so, you know, I'm going to use this as an opportunity to uh, try to get me one. And, of course, our uh, Twitter is at MovieTimeIndie, and uh, so make sure that you join us there, love us there. Tweet with us. Teach me how to tweet. All of the, uh, those things. It's like you know. It's like I think that there has to be a teach me a, uh, how to tweet because uh, Gray doesn't know how to do this. Dot org <laughs> <laughs> kind of things. But it's like I'm slowly learning. I am slowly learning to tweet. So yes, I will join every tweety person uh, that comes there with me. And uh, enjoys also that. And also, if you guys have also any uh, shows that you direly want to hear about in regards to the movie biz, definitely give uh, me a shout. And Kinta, you were talking about sports people. I cannot help but say it. My Blue Jays made the division. That's right. Yeah, congratulations to them. Thank you. Now they're getting me all conflicted. Because now Kansas City uh, Royals did it too, and uh, the Jays. It's like if they all get together, it's like, you know, then I'm going to get all conflicted. Which side of the world do I uh, vote for? Well, I, I have a feeling you are a uh, Canadian through and through, so you're going to go with yeah. Canada. I am a diehard Jay. Yeah, so, you know. Maybe- My boys finally made it. It's like uh, they haven't done this since 96. Dang, yeah, it's been a long time since uh, probably they won it all. So, all right, uh-huh. close to it. So, All right. So I know you nerds out there are like, oh, God, sports. <laughs> so we, we will pivot on to Fear the Walking Dead. Uh, just to let people know, uh, in case you didn't know, next week at um, uh, 7.30 Pacific, 10.30 Eastern, we will be covering uh, season six premiere of The Walking Dead. So I know you guys are really excited Yay. about that. So Woo-hoo! we're gonna be breaking it down. We're gonna 
we're going to talk about uh, when Daryl gets killed off in the premiere. I mean, uh, uh, <laughs> we're going to be talking about that premiere. So What? What kind of riot are you trying to start? Uh-uh. <laughs> so we're going to be breaking it down. So uh, that's next yeah, He's going to be their new leader. For real, like, please. <laughs> you, have to, you have to be able to spell leader to be a leader, so. Oh, come on. That's not nice. Oh, do not trash talk our Daryl. Our Daryl. Ain't that nothing. All right. So let's, let's get into the episode tonight. The title was called The Good Man. And, um, you know, I think this episode was very good. Now, the question we're going to have to ask ourselves by the end of this episode is, was it good enough to get people excited for a season two was this good enough to all the people that were on the fence about whether they're going to keep watching or not was it good enough to uh to get them to say okay i'll commit to try to watch it next um year you know i thought it was good enough you know me personally uh i mean for myself i don't know for the casual fan who was on the fence about the show was it did it do enough so um, I think that maybe that should be the first question we throw around and then we'll get heavy into the episode. So we'll start with you, Yardley. Um, do you think this episode was good enough for that casual fan? Maybe not yourself, but that guy that was teetering on whether they wanted to commit to watching the show long term. I'll probably have to say that that's a question that will probably have to be asked a little bit later. I mean, mm-hmm. if you're a casual fan... I think that there was enough in this episode um, that should be able to bring people back. Uh, I have to agree uh, with Tori. I, I thought this was an excellent ep- episode. And this episode and the way that it played out, at least for me, mm-hmm. um, kind of shows that when it comes to um, actual drama and suspense, I think that this shows light years ahead of uh, the normal, uh, the mother um, series. Uh, the Walking Dead. I think they do a great job. Um, I'm very, mm-hmm. um, I'm pretty impressed with how they've been doing it. Um, and I think that if I was just a casual viewer, I would probably want to tune in. But if I went away around episode two or episode three, um, I think the casual fan would probably have to hear from others who watch the show that are more excited about it to kind of draw them back in to go ahead and finish out the series and then formulate their opinion after this episode. But I would think that most people who kind of hung around, they're probably more excited, but Mm -hmm. I think the off season will probably tell the tale of whether or not people got caught up and enjoyed it as casual viewers. And real quick, before I ask the, uh, everybody else on the panel, when we're talking about being impressed, were you impressed with strands, uh, pimp pad? Yeah, man. Uh, Strand, you know, it's kind of funny because uh, that's something else I had to take note. I was like, wow, you know, this show, it's like finally there's a interesting brother on a Walking Dead series who's a step ahead of the game. Right. You know? So if they kind of continue with presenting the character kind of like that. Now, all of these characters... I think that we have to understand there's things about them that, of course, we didn't find out about in the first five episodes. And those are the things that they're going to explore going forward. But when you see a character like Strand, the, one of the first thing that pops in your head is, you know, I want to know more about this guy because obviously there's more to him than has been pre, uh, presented so far. So 
um, yeah, man, the guy the guy was obviously <laughs> doing his thing, man, because that's probably like a three million dollar house, man. Oh my god, yeah, right. Whew. I you know I have a feeling it was like some woman who had money and he was like pimping, you know, like he was like you know kind of got in her good graces. I don't know why I just had this feeling that there was that kind of thing, you know, like. I think the guy was a hedge fund manager or something. So? Okay. Yeah. I, know, I know one thing. He knows he knows his way around uh, around uh, tough situations, and he didn't he didn't get nervous. He you know he just you yeah. Know, I like I do like that about his character. Yeah, um, Mister Smooth. Yeah, he was just <laughs> like this smooth and calm throughout it all. Nope, we're going this way. Nope, going this uh, way. Yeah, and uh, just to kind of piggyback off of that, uh, Olaf, because. What makes him interesting is, like I said, he, he, he's trying to think uh, two and three steps ahead of what's going on. And it's almost as if he knows more about what's going on than he's letting on. You know what I mean? So, Agreed. Right. So right. I, I, I think of all of those characters on the show, um, he's probably a guy that you definitely have to keep an eye on because he, he knows a lot more than those other characters. I just have a feeling about that. I feel like you have to keep two eyes on him because <laughs> he was like way prepared. You know, like how do you make sure that you keep your yacht like <laughs> off? You know what I'm saying? Like most any place. Now I live down here in Florida. Many folks have, you know, there's a marina or two in my area. And the marina is like right there, not too far from the residential area. So how do you make sure that your yacht is like more than 100 yards offshore and stuff and so that nobody else can get you it easily and all this other business? I'm like, yeah, I'm well, waiting for his judging, whole story. Yeah, judging by the size of the yacht and the house, I'd say he's pretty well got everything kind of lined out and... Yeah. He knows what he's doing, you know. Yeah. I'm thinking maybe yep. he was an assassin or something. Assassin. I can't wait for that to, but to come that's out. One, that's one of the reasons why I think that this guy, he knows a lot more than he's saying. Because I'm thinking what probably happened is when this stuff started jumping off, yeah. he was like, let me move this yacht, you know. Let me go ahead and move this away from where, every, you know, where everybody else is, you know, in preparation. And then I think he got captured. You know, like yeah. you know, afterwards, or, or however he ended up in the detention center. So I have a feeling that that's purpose. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, go ahead. Is, that he that, that he got caught by pur- on on purpose. Uh huh. That he that he purposely is in the detention center. For for what reason would you say? Mm, I have a feeling that. There's some sort. Uh, it's like, how do you get your best military? Uh, how do you get your best intelligence if you're trying to prepare for a, uh, a war? Be right up close to the people who are trying to hold you captive. Oh, interesting. Okay. I think that. Uh, yeah, I don't know about that because I don't know. That's not a good strategy, though. Because, no. <laughs> because, I mean, the best strategy would have to have been would be to have been on the outside trying to do something with him because so many different things can happen um, when you're locked up. And the reason why I don't think that it was on purpose was just the fact that he had to haggle his way out of there. So, right. I don't know. Yeah, and if you're going to strategically place yourself in in where the intelligence is, 
you would work your way into like the communications room or something not in not in the not in the jail part of it you wouldn't be in the detention part you'd be in the somewhere in the administration part somehow so you would get the intel you're only going to get limited intel uh, in in the detention yeah he was able to work out a little deal and got a key from that one guy for that nice that cheap little watch that he had <laughs> but, <laughs> but he's like keep the watch i'm like <sighs> oh boy yeah but you <laughs> but you, you're not gonna get that much intel from there but then think about that also it's like if he was able to get that uh, the key from just a simple little watch thing um what else has he gotten in terms of favors prior to this mm -hmm. uh, hi tori uh oh. Uh, hey. We have a uh, caller. Uh, What's up, Corey? Uh, hello. We have a caller. Caller, two oh seven. What's your name? Well, this. Well, well, this is Nate uh, Lopez from Old Orchard Beach, Maine, calling to talk to chit chat with you guys. What's up? We're good. What's up? Hey What did you think about tonight's episode? Uh, it was really awesome. Well, um, I well. Uh, well, I really enjoyed it. The herd of walkers and stuff like that. It was really awesome. It was a good yeah, episode. Nate is uh, one of my members in my Facebook group, The Infectious Walking Dead. And he is a great guy, and he listens to all of our podcasts. And he told me, yeah, so he told us he, was, he, told me he was going to call in, and I told him he had better. I did. <laughs> all right. So, uh, what do you think about, about, are you happy about this? Well, Hello, Nate, are you happy about yeah, this uh, season? Right here. Are you happy about this season? Uh, yes, I can't wait for season two, and I can't wait for next Sunday. The Walking Dead! <laughs> <laughs> uh -huh. what, 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 what did you like most about this, uh, this uh, season? Um, well, um, it started off slow and stuff, but, but it was... Basically, uh, well, getting to, to know what was going on and, and, and how the apocalypse all started, the whole thing, and stuff like that. But it was very interesting. All right. Yeah. Right, so did you have any questions for us? Um, no. All right. I so just, which character is fascinating you? What? So which character which character's fascinating you most? Uh Travis. Travis? <laughs> yep. The, the the guy who 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 won't uh kill anybody except at the end there when he had to kill uh his ex wife, which which was kinda sad. I know some guys that wouldn't have been too sad about it. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, well, I want to uh, thank you for calling in, man. You well, well, well. It was nice chatting with you and Tori. I'll chit chat with you soon. All right, man. Bye, Nate. Bye. Thanks for calling. Bye, Nate. Bye, Tori. Bye, bye. Take care, Nate. All right, uh, a fan of Tori. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, he is. He's a super fan of me. Yeah, that, that's awesome. Um, so, um, okay, so let, let's get uh, back into the episode. Um, and uh, I think we all are in agreement that 
that uh, Strand is a fascinating character because he only came in with last episode, right? So he's only been in for two episodes. Right. They've done a good job of making you really wanting to know, like, you know, what's about this guy. And, you know, you've only got a little bit. So at some point, I guess we're going to get some more backstory uh, in next season. I think it was episode three, if I'm not mistaken. Really? Was it? Oh, okay. Was, uh, I I might be wrong, but I I thought that it was you know it was towards the end of three, but I, mm-hmm. I could be incorrect. Mm, okay. All right. So let's um let, let's go on to uh, the plan. And uh, it's so funny. I think it was two episodes ago. I posed a question to the group. I said, uh, "Do you guys think that they're going to end up storming the castle?" And trying to get everybody out, and by golly, they did. Yeah. <laughs> Although they didn't plan it, really not not the not the getting everybody out, everybody out part. But yeah, yeah. what do you guys think? Well, getting about, all, getting their people out, getting their people getting out, sure. Yeah. What do you guys think about the letting all those walkers out uh, as a plan? That, I mean, that, that was pretty badass. I thought, yeah. but I don't know. Yeah, but they, you know, it really. Count it, it actually ended up killing uh um old girl, uh the um dang. the nurse. Yeah, Lisa. Lisa. Yeah, Lisa. Yeah. yeah, Lisa. Um Yep. So if you look at it that way, that plan killed Lisa. <laughs> you know? Yeah. yeah, yeah. And what do you think about the fact that you know, we didn't get to see um Daniel doing that or get a hint of what the plan was because I thought that was just kind of interesting that, you know, just all of a sudden, you know, he came and he did his spiel about you should save your ammunition. And then of course he kind of, kind of trails off. And then we see, uh, the horde coming. Uh, I might've wanted to see how, you know, or when he did it or him in the process of doing that or his logic behind doing that. But I agree with you, Kente, that definitely ended up, um, Killing uh, Liza, uh, and I, man, I really hate that it was Liza that ended up getting killed off instead of uh, Ophelia because I thought that her character was way more, uh, way more interesting, and mm-hmm. the actress, you know, she totally brings it when she's um, playing that part. So I'm she's, definitely she's sad about <laughs> the person that that they decide to knock off in this episode. You know, yeah. honestly, she's been busy. Um, you know, she's been all over the place. She's been in Orange is the New Black and um, a few other... I just saw uh, some other detective show, actually, that she was on, too. So she's um, she's got a full plate as it is. Um, I'm not surprised, awesome. um, you know, as far as the rest of the work that she's been doing. But, um, you know, it's funny. I feel like we're having that, that first conversation about Travis all over again because where we weren't sure how much weight he could pull, so to speak. Um, now mm-hmm. we see this extreme turnaround for him. And with all, with, with now with realizing the death of her mother, and by the way, oh my gosh, that was like the most horrible way that she could have come face to face with her mom right. uh, on, on the heap of ash, you know. God. Uh, my gosh, I think that her turnabout point will probably be coming soon. Um, if not having that as the turning point for her, like seeing her mother's broken, 
pile of ash, you yeah, know, in front weird. of her face. What do you, um, so what do you what do you guys think about? Um, I can't. What was the name of the uh, the officer they had uh, as a that you, we all knew that he was going to come back and bite him in the ass? Um, mm-hmm. The one that they had prisoner. Uh, yeah. Like he shoots Ophelia instead of Daniel. That made absolutely no sense. Why he you know, no sense. Uh, Andy. Like Andy, Andy, yes. Yeah, no Andy. sense. That was highly, that was really disappointing because I, the way that they set that up, it's kind of, you know, it's kind of awesome. You know, the fact that you knew that when he got let out, of course, that it was going to come back to bite them. But I, I really did, really did hate that. I mean, it just really made zero sense. And his accuracy is just horrendous. You know, I mean, like, give me a break. Because there's really? no way, there's no way. I wouldn't have even. It wouldn't have even been the whole tension thing, you know, pointing the gun and doing all this talking. I would have walked up and shot him and been like, uh, "He tortured me," and banked up out of there. But right, right. I mean, it, that would have been a justifiable um, death for that character because I like Daniel. But if he had to go out because of what he did to that young man, I would be able to accept it. Mm-hmm. Sure. Right. Always, Although always. Ophelia was the one that seduced him, yeah. So there's a different component there for why he turned the gun on her. I believe that it has everything to do with the fact that she seduced him, and yes. on top of it, it would hurt the father more if he tried to kill her rather than just kill the father outright. You know what I mean? Like it's a different type of torture, I think, um, yeah, rather than the physical that I think he was going for. It- at that distance, the shooter and just wing her in the arm. Either he, either that's where he was aiming, or he is really a bad shot. Yeah, because the, sure. the other the other thing is, well, he's a bad shot because if we're gonna go off of what was just said, you know, you're not gonna hurt him more by just shooting her in the arm. So he's got mm-hmm. to be right. he's got to be a bad shot. But um, oh yeah, I, I don't. Think of him as an effective soldier by any means. So, uh, quite honestly, he, he probably was a bad shot. But even if he was, you know, whatever National Guard, you know, or, or whatever, I, ju- I just kind of felt like that was kind of like a cop out way for them to kind of show us and kind of tie in what Travis was saying to I think it was not Nick but uh, Chris when he was saying that he'd been in a lot of fights in his life so all of this kind of comes back to kind of show us and I mean obviously that was kind of the purpose you don't you know you get her wing that gives Travis an opportunity for um, the part of him which we haven't gotten extensive knowledge about to come out for us you know for us to be shown that hey you know this guy was, you know, possibly a tough guy or a guy who grew up, you know, in very, uh, you know, bad circumstances that he can handle himself. And the things that we were seeing in previous episodes was kind of a guy, a man who kind of started to get his things together, you know, found a woman, had a child, started being more responsible. So his old self, he left behind. And then right. in this instance, you know, when this happens, we kind of get a glimpse of knowing that Travis, you know, wasn't always like the family guy as we were led to believe in the beginning. I think the hardest thing about accepting right. Travis's uh, soft side is the fact that uh, the, the gentleman, as the actor, I've seen him in gang related, and he was uh, he was he a mob was boss. He was so good. he was, you know, tooth and nails, like would cut your throat, uh, you know, before you could say boo. So I think that was the the first surprise for me um, seeing him in this role. But 
you know, again, uh, with this episode, wow, um, I think he's unleashed the animal a little bit. So can't wait to see how that progresses. Okay, now we have a caller, caller area code 513. What is your name and where are you calling from? Uh, my name's Benjamin. I'm from uh, Middletown, Ohio. Hey. Hi, Ben. What's up, Tori? <laughs> hey there, Ben. Ben is yes. one of my admins from my group. Yes, I am. Right. Wonderful. Been with her, hey, Ben. Been with her How since you doing? the beginning of it. I'm doing yes. good. Oh. Um, you guys were talking about how the guy shot the girl in the arm, right? Uh-huh. I think yeah. he did it. I think he actually did it to save her because she was inching her way over in front of her dad, and uh, he did it to keep her from getting in front of him because he was he was aiming to kill her dad because right, right. he done, he done told him he was he done knew that her dad was going to kill him no matter what. So he did it to save her from stepping in front of him when he actually went to shoot her dad. That's what I think happened. Interesting. I I think he actually you know wounded her to knock her down. So he had a better chance of not killing her versus, you know, giving her dad more reason to want to kill him even more because he killed his daughter, too. That was my look at it. <laughs> that's, that's, a, that's an interesting, interesting take on it. Yeah. But, you know, he had, yeah. when he stepped out from behind the truck, he had more than enough time to uh, he, take out. To shoot, yeah. To but, take him you know, out. And, of, yeah. But I think he actually wanted to see the the reaction to everybody else when he actually called up with them and saying, hey, you remember me? You know, Benny Blanco from the Brutes. Yeah, you said you were going to kill me regardless, but this idiot set me free, so thinking that I wasn't going to do it. But here I am. Yeah. And then I want to know, too, is when did uh, Watch Your Name get bit? Did it ever show it? Liza? Yeah. Yeah. It never showed her to get bit. It should just say, no. oh, well, yeah, no, I can't go through it. I can't go with you guys because I got bit. It's like, yeah. yeah. They pulled the Bob Stuckey on that one. But yeah. Now, what I want to know as far as the timeline is concerned, when we saw the shot of Travis in the truck and then they panned down to the seat where we realized that, you know, the guy had been let go. But what point in the timeline was that? Didn't he let him go back at the house? Yeah. yeah, right before right before they left out of the quarantine area. They let him so go. how the hell, so, and that's the, well, this is where time. You got you, you to remember, Humvees, they have a planned route on how they get back to the hospital, uh-huh. get back to their extraction zone. They have planned routes for them. The civilians took the city streets, so it's going to be a little more difficult because of abandoned vehicles, you know, and other other things for them to get okay. there. So it, so it slowed them. them so it slowed them yeah, it slowed down them to give him time and gave, to get back to them. Get to where he needed to go. But how did he know they were going to be in that parking garage is what I want to know. Yeah. Because he, well, <laughs> yeah. Because he told, no, he told them. He told, uh, he told Travis, he said, if you let me go, I will tell you how to find them. So he told them yeah. exactly where to go. So he knew well, where he they were going him, to park he told them. He told them where to go, but he didn't tell, expect them to actually, you know, he didn't say, you know, there's this parking garage you can go into. Well, you know, I'm getting we, at, of course it, we didn't. Sorry. Yeah, we didn't hear him say it, but you know, he said they're at this place. You know, but in order for him to get in, they would need uh, an exact route and clearance. Right. That's it's, what I'm getting at. Like, how did they get? How did they get past all the other locked doors to get into the hospital? It was well, BS. It just there's <laughs> a few loopholes they left out there for everybody, because you know, being a me being a big zombie freak, you know, it's like 
most of the times when you see one person that's been in, you know, that's been in it from the beginning, it's like, oh, okay, this person's doing so far, then it's like halfway through the movie, it's like, oh, he got bit, or she got bit, you know, they're not going to just come right out and tell us, they're going to hide it, like um, in The Walking Dead when they were back at the rock quarry, when I think it was James got bit, he hid it from everybody, he wasn't going to say, yeah, you know, I'm not going to let, you know, I'm not going to come right out and say, oh, yeah, I got bit, you know the bullet in my head. He hit it mm-hmm. just to see about getting more time to either try to get away or to help them get away. Mm. Interesting. Yeah. I mean, I grew up watching zombie films, so, you know, I, you always look at the obvious and then you look at what they're trying to hide from everybody. Did they so want the- her to, did they want her to survive or did they, did they actually plan to kill her off? Yeah. So, so what do you think about the the selection of who they decided to um, to kill off? I thought that Liza was a more interesting character. I thought she Could would have been too because you know she's she she has a medical experience. She'd be better off to keep with the group. But yet, you know, there's always there's always room for them to pick up somebody else. Now, the new guy they picked up, I think he's going to betray him. Right, somewhere down the road, I think he's going to either say, you know here's your point where you can either sink or swim. You either agree with what I'm going to do or you can get the hell off my boat. He's quite an opportunist, isn't he? Yes, I do. He is. uh, I, I, I do wish that uh, Liza had continued, uh, you know, because like uh, to, to your point, she showed uh, much promise, um, you know, with the uh, medical experience that she was getting in the, in, in the camp. And yeah. I mean that—that's a vital asset in any apocalypse. I don't care what mm-hmm. apocalypse it is. Yeah. If you've got a yeah. medic on hand, that's—that's that's beautiful. Hell but, yeah. Yeah. But I, um, I also have to say, as far as Strand is concerned. I don't believe that that guy is dumb enough to be on a boat when he's outnumbered and outgunned to tell them what they can't do. I think yeah, it would have to who, be a position where he's where maybe they get somewhere and there are other people that rally behind him and then he might pull something like that. But I yeah. don't think that he, I don't think that he I don't think that he's that stupid to try to pull <laughs> something like that, especially when you're isolated, you're on a boat, you're outnumbered and outgunned. So I, I hope yeah. that they don't, you know, but, to me, from the way that they built up the character, I, I think that, you know, he thinks ahead. So he would have to think ahead to what the negatives yeah. of doing that would be as well. Yeah, just like that movie, The Gambler, you want to be in a position of fuck you before you start messing with people like that. Heck yes. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I mean, you know, who's to say he couldn't have, you know, something rigged up on the boat where, you know, if he dies or gets uh-huh. off the boat, the boat goes nowhere. That's true. Without him, you know, there'll be in a type of code like, like, you know, most movies you have, like the transporter, he's got a code for the engine to start for it to unlock. You know, who's to say he can't be that smart and have something like the house has a keypad on it? Sure. There's always a poss- there's always the possibility where he's thought ahead and rigged his stuff since he is a scam artist, you know, they have ways of doing that. Let, let me so don't, so how do we know he that he's a scam artist though? We don't, yeah. I don't, uh, like I said, I mean it's like but see here's the thing, like the the thing about this character I mean well it's kind of funny because to me, if there's somebody who's thinking ahead and that's smart, the fact that we would assume that he's a scam artist just shows how stupid everybody else is. <laughs> you, know, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Like on the show, it's like if somebody's smart, maybe they're just smart. I just I think that the guy knows more than he's telling. But yeah. working scams or 
you know, finding a way to get things done, that's definitely an asset in the world that we know that this thing is going to become. But I I think that the guy is a little bit more pragmatic than we're probably giving him credit for. I don't know. I mean, I I, I also, uh, I like his, he's very specific with his choice of words when this one says, oh, you helped me out. He's like, no, I obligated you. And I'm like, okay, if he's not a scam artist certainly he's yeah you can be a pragmatist but wow only in his own uh for his own purposes quite honestly because Mm -hmm. he's he's just very very particular i'm like who who enlists a heroin addict to be your go-to like me i'm thinking the whole time you know what he's probably trying to gonna try to use nick as a a a personal shield or something he's definitely but you would use the heroin you would use a heroin guy because in other words that they're more apt to like you know if you read people which he's very good at reading people in other words you would know that that nick is one of these ones that's resource resourceful and able to get into things he shouldn't be able to get into, like locked doors and stuff. Yeah, and then, yeah. you know, because they did show him he was getting ready, okay, it's time to leave. He couldn't find the key. And all of a sudden, Nick right. pops up and goes, looky what I got. And, and he's also, like, uh-huh. look, what I, look, what I, look what I got off. Yeah. I see and, Nick as kind of like, kind of like a Glenn, the go-to guy. You know, they need something. Nick, since he is the heroin addict, he, he'll know his way around and how to get around certain things into certain right. places, that's what he'll be used for. And I think that also that Strand is going to play a part in managing and giving Nick a reason and reasons to kind of fight off that part of his life, you know, which is part of his life, rather, uh, of being yeah. an addict. So I think that he's going to kind of work uh, kind of that angle to help him beyond that point, but at the same time, one of the things um, that he's definitely trying to build up, just a, a slight measure of trust, but I think that Nick is going to be drawn at the and is going to pick up a, a thing or two from this character. Because one, one of the things yeah. that they've done in a lot of these series is there are characters that pick up the attributes of other characters. You can use Rick as an example. There's a little mm. bit of... Mm-hmm. You know, all of the bad guys, so to speak, that have been on The Walking Dead, there's sure. certain things and attributes that he's picked up from all of them, you know. Yeah. Um, so I think that uh, I think that Nick is going to be a sponge and he's going to pick up a lot of things because I have a feeling that we're going to find more out about Madison and her issues from the past. And I think yeah. that um, Nick, even though he loves his family, I think that he's going to be towing that line between, you know, his mother and of course, um, Mr. Strand. Gosh, and how prolific it's possible. Let, let me but, but, let me ask you guys. Let me ask you guys a question. Did anybody for the for a half second think that uh, that um, uh, Nick was going to die in that one scene where you know they did the like he said goodbye, mom. You know, like you know, like yeah. I, I, so I, I did. Done. I, I did like, a oh. little bit. I thought he. I thought he was going to sacrifice himself so they could get away. But then it's like. He's too too vi- uh, valuable right now. He's it's too fresh. Why would they kill off somebody that actually started it and knows more about what's going on? And whose character is, is a little bit more yeah. rounded because there's no way that um, Chris and um, 
uh, uh, Alicia. Alicia. There's no. Yeah. Way. Yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah. No, I do. I do. I do foresee one of the other two kids getting killed later in season two. I do foresee one of them dying off, but not right now. Maybe halfway through the second season, seeing one of them getting killed off. Well, Liza's also on Orange is the New Black. She, you know, realistically, she can't stay on. <laughs> she has another yeah. show to film, yeah. right? Uh, unless they do some sort of uh, flashback and bring her back for a quick minute, you know. Yeah. But, um, and I think Which it's... They really, do that all the time. You can do both. Right. You can do both. Yeah. Look at, uh, yeah, you, I've, look at The Rock. The Rock does 18 movies a year and a and two TV shows, <laughs> right? Yeah, I think there's, I think there's probably two of him, but uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he is a clone. Oh no, honey, there is. He's got a twin. Johnson. There you go. <laughs> I mean, the dude puts out eight, like a movie a month, and he got two TV series. <laughs> Come on. Yeah, that yeah, clone and he wrestles. And he wrestles. I mean, still too, right? So because she's got time right now, she can go after today. She can go film. Orange is the New Black, or whatever it was, and then come back in 2016 and do Fear the Walking Dead. Well, don't forget that they, uh, the, it's like it also depends on location with both. It's like if they're within the same studio, all that she has to do is move studio space. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, she don't have to worry about it now because her ass is dead. So, <laughs> you know, so she out, she out the box on this one. Um the yeah. uh, now I might have I'm I, I got distracted a little bit. What happened to um, the head nurse lady? Uh, did she die? She she got no. She got out on the transport. She was uh, one of the last ones that you seen get on the transport. Okay, okay. Because I had to step away for a second, so I did miss. miss yeah, that. when when they were out there, when the guy ran into the helicopter, you actually seen her getting on the last transport out. There. Oh, got you. Okay. She's a good actress, uh, that woman. She's yeah. been in a lot of stuff lately. Her name is like Sardine, uh, something like that. A uh, Holt, I believe. I, for a moment, I thought she was going to maybe uh, use that uh, that weapon uh, that she used to the cattle gun. Yeah, the cattle prod. Yeah, the cattle gun. Yeah, the kill stuff. Yeah. That they were using to shoot people. Yeah, I was so convinced that she was going to turn it on herself that one last second when they left her there and she just, she wouldn't move um, when Liza tried to get her to come with them. I was like, wow. And and I had a feeling that she left herself behind in that room by herself to do the unthinkable. And yes, she did. She went, she put down every last patient. I was like, wow. That just, I don't know whether to feel like she's that strong a person while she's that strong a person or wow that's just the point of no hope at that point you know yeah it's like she she's like on that she was uh, she felt like she was on that point of despair that you know she saw that as the only way to make sure that you know those people had a restful death i guess and then that's why i thought she was gonna turn it on herself but Mm -hmm. Kudos to her for living on, I guess. Yeah. Well, like I said, the fact that we're all talking about 
uh, all of these interesting facts uh, makes uh, the first question that you had, Kente, it's like, uh, yes, then we think that there will be a second season. Well, we know there's going to be a second Heck season. Yeah. But we'll yeah, but they said the question... That people really should be catching up on this first season. No, the question, yeah. the question I was asking was, we know there's going to be a second season, but the people who watched the first season who were on the fence about whether they want to continue, who was really looking for this episode tonight to be the thing that is the catalyst for them watching the second season. Was this enough to, in tonight's episode? To Absolutely. Go, you know, they yeah, were. Uh, there was so much meat into the story. It's like the fact that Travis finally, you know, it's like it has the courage to actually turn from pacifist to aggressor. We, we're, you know, we're going to get to that in a minute, but you know, I've been harping on the light, you know, the light, uh, the reflection. Yeah. Right? And for a minute, I, I thought they were going to say that uh, Strand's pimp pad was the place where the light was coming from, you know, because it yeah. was like up in the hills. I was like, I was like, wait, could that? Then I thought about it. I was like, no, that because I know no. that area, them, yep. them, that house wasn't in that area. So, but it was too too in town. His house is more. Right. By the water's edge. Right. But no. <laughs> I love that new traffic route that he just let everybody in the LA area know that you know what? If you don't want to get stuck on the I ten, guess what? Drive drive the aqueduct instead. I thought that was quite that was funny. funny. Like dude, how did you know that, that I mean that's not even a, a service road by any means. So Yeah, but it but it is concrete. <laughs> And, you know, yeah. it's like, for the most part, nobody else is probably not, or very few people would think of of going into the aqueducts to, you know, drive through through there. True, although, yeah, I mean, true. there's no gate or something. Like, it's really well, that open? There, I'm not familiar. There is, there is in some areas they have them, they do have them locked. But, I mean, if you've got a truck like he's got, that lock ain't going to last. Or the gate's mm-hmm. not going to last. You can just oh, pass I right through it. Yeah, I yeah, yeah. You know, if you got a truck and I mean, if you got a wheel too, you're going to yeah, get through I mean, they, that mug. They have they have the service areas. Actually, you know, I'm a big gamer. I play GTA Five. It's even in there. They've got them. They've got some areas that have fences, and then some actually have access tunnels where you can get up underneath them. And drive Interesting. Now, okay. now I'd like to thank uh, Ben for calling. We have a, another caller, caller area code 813. What is your name and where are you calling from? Uh, yeah, my name is Bert Gibbons. Oh, hey, Bert. I'm calling, I'm hey, calling from hey, Austin, Texas. All right. Uh, so what's what question do you have for us tonight? My question is, how do you think the government is handling this whole outbreak. Hmm. Interesting question. Do you think they're doing a good job? Do you think in reality this is how it would go down? Oh, heck no. I don't think that they're doing a good job. Uh, you know what? It depends on, you know, it's like, I, I have a feeling that a lot of the government has just broken down. I mean, that's what you, it seems like. And that's the, what you got from the walking dead is that it stood together and then just broke apart and everybody went every man for himself. And right. we really got to see how LA got trash because they had cleared up LA. LA was, was, uh, for the most part, Walker free. And then it was, you know what? It, it was almost like star Wars. Uh, when you find out that, uh, 
Jar Jar Binks was the one that effed it up all up. If you thought, <laughs> <laughs> if you think about it, they let all them walkers out in L.A. They totally effed up L.A. No, <laughs> so. and I mean, I'm not a military person by any means, but I could imagine if the if the military guys got the the go ahead to evacuate that area, I'm wondering like, okay, what uh, how sparse is the military now? What kind of losses do they have in other areas? Um, you know, and and I, I bet you they're scrambling at that point. Also, in regards to reality, it's like it, I'm sorry, but I would hope that the minute that you're starting to see these symptoms happening, that they would have quarantined uh, this situation a lot faster in regards to it, instead of letting it become an epidemic. True. Like, I like the, well, the nurse ladies. Ta- uh, we're talking about reality. We're talking about the government, so they're going to they're gonna mess it up. Yeah, but also, I mean, you have to think, though. Think about how many National Guard, Guardsmen and soldiers that we have. There's 300 damn near 400 million people in this country. I mean, you're not going to be able to quarantine everybody and do all of this stuff. I mean, you have to talk about quarantining the healthy. Well, I'm just saying, though, but even with the people that are getting sick at the rate that it's going, I'm just saying like like what we're we're talking about, everything is about resources. How, How can you, you know, you have to kind of look at you know, this area is lost, this area isn't, how are you going to expend your resources? It's just, it would just really be hard for the military and the government or National Guardsmen to really contain something that, that is this massive. So you have to kind of pick your spots. I just, it's just, there's just too many people as opposed to soldiers and National Guardsmen to really be able to contain it. It's really, uh, you have to kind of be strategic about what you're doing. Now, we have no idea because they haven't even gone into this on the show. And I think that we already know that they're not going to. They've already kind of admitted that they're not going to really get in depth into that aspect. I think the focus is going to be about how these people are just dealing with what they're doing in the moment. But I don't think that we're going to get much of that. And just personally, I just don't think resource wise uh, that the government can do much. I mean, it's it, that's just it's a hard deal and yeah. also do we even have a clue are we to assume and I, I want everybody in here to kind of answer this are we to assume because we've gotten what's going on of course on the east coast the southeast which is georgia and we're, we're all, all the way over here on the west coast so are we is everybody here pretty much assuming that it's all over the country definitely yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. yeah. By, this, yeah. by this time it's you know it's, it's starting it's a world epidemic not in Idaho. Well, I don't know about the world because we don't know what's going on overseas. But nothing. Know, but um, they're not going to get into that. Nothing either, in, nothing in yeah, Idaho. Yeah, definitely because if this is supposed to be the prequel um, for all intents and purposes to The Walking Dead, then if we're all the way on the southeast coast by the chronology of The Walking Dead, then yeah, pretty much nationwide at this point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's and it spread so fast. In other words, I mean, somebody was sick, somebody was sick, and they left. You know, you had you know a hundred planes that left L.A. that morning. You know, the, the, you know the the morning of when it had started. You know, you had a hundred, two hundred planes that left L.A. and mm-hmm. going everywhere, and you know there were sick people on those planes. So when they landed somewhere, wherever they got to, it's kind of started. 
and like he when uh, when Andy was talking about the that he had locked all the people in the uh, arena there was like 2000 or how 10 2000 people or so in there I think is what he said and you know one person you know a couple people in the middle got sick and turned and they just went and it just went south real quick because it some people turned really fast and some people didn't turn as fast but you know everybody's trying to get out and the only way to contain it is just unfortunately lock them all in because mm. you don't know because you just have you'd have to you would literally just have to mow down everybody uh, that was in there because you couldn't take a chance that one of them uh, maybe one of them got bit and didn't turn right away and maybe would have been three or four hours before they turned you know and they get out and just think they got scratched or uh, you know they get bit they didn't think anything of it nobody yeah. knows enough about it to this point that you know if they got bit they just be walking around, go, "Wow, that was crazy!" And then all of a sudden, they're like, ah. "You know." <laughs> Can I just say that this series and The Walking Dead uh, are like just the biggest CDC um, promotional <laughs> ad in at some instances? Because I mean, think about what you just said. Somebody in the middle of a stadium full of two thousand people got sick. That probably means that they were feeling bad before they came into work that day and debated, okay, do I go into work, miss the pay for that day, whatever it is. I mean, that's like the biggest little sneaky little promo ad for if you feel sick, folks, don't come to work and stay, don't bring your work with stay you. You know what I mean? Like, and, I and, mean, geez. Either yeah. that I'd agree like, with that. You know, it's I, just so funny. I posed a question in our, our chat. Um, and Sherrod had a, a pretty good answer about it because I was thinking about what's a way to kill like a lot of them besides dropping a bomb, and I thought it may be some sort of poison gas or something. But uh, I think you kind of you kind of poo pooed that one because uh, I, I was figuring well the 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 un the unturned uh, could wear masks and that'd be a way to take out a horde is just gassing them. Yeah, no, I mean, and again, like I said, uh, anyone oh, that's in the military, please correct me, but I, I was, I was actually in a relationship with a, um, with a Marine at one point and he had to go through, um, you know, training, you, you have to go through training, uh, to withstand mustard gas and all sorts of, um, you know, uh, harmful elements. Um, uh-huh. and usually gases work. Gaseous weapons like that work on the nervous system, and if mm-hmm. I mean, if the nervous system is not really working, um, or at least it's it's only at a fraction of of what it is when you're truly alive, I don't I don't think it would work unless it was like a flammable gas or something. Light them up, sure, yeah. That I mean, that'll always work. Fire will always work. Yeah, gas, um, gas wouldn't the gas wouldn't work because they don't breathe. So they wouldn't right. actually breathe it in. They're they're not actually breathing. It's like you know, which they don't know this yet. But in other words, we know that from The Walking Dead or from yeah. other zombie stuff is that you can shoot them in the lungs and the heart and everything, and they just keep right on coming at you. And they go underwater, and you know, walk underwater, and they're fine because right. they don't they don't breathe. And even so, if it's only like contact with your skin, you know, because some gases um, work like that. As long as they're, you know, they they work on porous areas on your body or uh, make skin contact, that they'll get you that way too. But again, I mean, you know, 
no so sense it, of, it so would have to be some i mean if they could develop a gas that would kill the brain yeah uh, then you could do something like that but mm -hmm. it, that i mean that's one way to do it but how do you know who it's like how do you determine in the horde who's infected who's not if they're in the and horde, they're how do you get anyway. them the masks the ones that aren't infected how do you get them a mask so they don't die. If they're in the middle, yeah, of, the in the middle of a horde, if they're in the middle of a horde, they're fucked anyway. So <laughs> yes, you know, so. you know. But I mean, like, if they could make a delivery system that did a gas that was like, like acidic or something that could like just disintegrate, you know, tissue at a at a fast rate, then maybe yeah. But well, also, they, also they, too, they do have that. It's called napalm. Also, yes. <laughs> also, too, walkers don't digest their food, so at a certain point, if you know, if they eat so much, wouldn't they like explode or something? Well, they have. Uh, they actually explored that on The Walking Dead already. Um, if I remember correctly, there was Lori, a. Uh, Lori. It was a. One in Lori. Was, yeah, yeah. I could, I could swear, like their intestines burst or something, and they kept on eating. So, so that means you, you like their tank is only so much, uh -huh. anyway, right? I wonder they how much blow, do you. How the, much do you I guess they before? blow out their stomach and just the primal drive that makes them, you know, want to eat. They just kind of like go through, and after you blew out your stomach, it just keep going, falling out. Yeah, it's a real statement on cons consumerism, quite honestly. <laughs> Sometimes I find these little. Um, I don't know if they're intentional uh, little nest eggs or whatever but um you know something like that yeah i find myself thinking about okay well what's their statement on being such a rabid consumer in our society right now stuff like that yeah when you when you start looking at that part of it though it's like you know as, as sooner or later all of them are going to die off anyway because their flesh is going to right you know to decay the muscles are going to decay and after a while, it's just going to be, you know, they won't be able to move anymore. Is you know, Theoretically, that's what should happen. Mm. So eventually, they would all just stop walking, and their brain would, you know, with no muscle, they can't really move. But you know, we talk, you know, we talk about that in my group a lot, actually, about, um, like the the physical decay and how long it would take and if the cold weather would affect them and and you know the the um the physio the logistics of you know the decaying of a body and like a lot of the members have come up with you know it would be probably three to six months before they couldn't move anymore you know what though a lot of the way that they do the walkers sometimes is inconsistent because if you notice, there was a scene, I think, in the episode Clear, where they walked into, what was it, like a bar or something, and they were, like, sleeping. And then it was, then they all came up and all that, you know? And it was like, yeah. it was like, do walkers really sleep? Like, why would they need to sleep? Like, that seemed to make no sense. You know, uh, walkers taking a cat nap. And we see it every once in a while. We'll, we'll see a walker, and he's looking like he's, not, he's knocked out, and he's like, Ugh. like Like the, uh, the one that was in the... Um, Remember the one that was in the uh, the, the sand and the little girl? Oh yeah, yeah, uh -huh. yeah. Oh, the one yeah. that bit Herschel. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Playing possum, the possum walker. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know. 
So yeah, I don't know. It, buried alive, as well, buried undead, <laughs> as yeah. it were, I guess. Because it would seem like they would, they would be like sharks. They just would keep moving, you know. But I don't know. I don't know. Um, okay. Well, so, when you think of it in the context of the listlessness of you know of average society, then you know, like I said, sometimes when you really think about it, stuff like that kind of. You know, it turns into its own little statement. <laughs> they got the Walker itis, basically. <laughs> basically. Yeah. All right, so I have a clip that I want to play, and it's pretty self-explanatory. So here we go. Ready? She was bitten. What? She's infected. That's. That's okay. That's okay. We have meds now. No. Yeah, you got the antibiotics from the base, right? They don't work. We, we, can, we can treat you. We can treat it. Can't. Please, Travis. Tell Chris I did it. No, God damn it. I'm not gonna, you're not doing it. You're not doing anything. I'm not going to let you do it, Liza. I've seen it. I've seen what it does. The bites don't turn you, but the infection is not treatable. Infection kills you like anything else. Then it happens. It doesn't matter how you die. You come back. We all come back. Don't let that happen to me. Don't let our sons be that, okay? You gotta protect them from this. Okay? Promise me. Yeah. Did anybody uh, drop a tear for that scene? Oh, gosh, no. yes. I did. I did. Uh, I wasn't misty-eyed, but I was a little sad. Yeah. I, like, I, I, I liked her in the end. I really did. I, I like her as an actress. Yes. Uh, but, uh, yeah, you know, I, when I saw that bite mark, I was like, oh. But, you know, uh, it, didn't, it, didn't Strand kind of hit on her in the car? Didn't he say something like, if I remember correctly? It, no, that was that was to Madison. Well, oh, it was to Madison. Oh, okay. Yeah, it was to Madison. He's like, you and I, you and I are going to get along just fine. Okay, right. I mixed up. All right. All right, but yeah, anyway. that was that was Madison. He was talking to. But uh, yeah, I, 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 I'm glad that Travis did it. You know, and I think this whole idea, I think this is the reason why the episode's called "The Good Man," was this is like him turning into. You know, uh, I don't say Rick, but you know, more of a leader, more of a hard, hard, turn it hard. yeah, because like he beats the guy to death, uh, Andy, and then he, uh, you know, grabs the gun and does what he has to do to Liza. And this is his, you know, change. And we pretty much figured it was going to happen in the finale, and true to form, that's what happened. So, yeah. uh, you know, I ain't mad at it. I mean, it was what to be expected, uh. But um, yeah, you know, it, it was pretty. 
you know, it was a sad scene, and I, it, it was something that I felt like was probably going to happen because I didn't think they were going to do that whole, you know, my ex-wife is here, my new woman, you know, kind of thing. You know, I think she was just the usher in, you know, that that side of the family structure. I feel like I, I like I, mm-hmm. I was going to say I felt I like the the one little uh, the interchange between Madison and Eliza. It's like she was like you know hand kind of like telling her to take the gun and, and and to do it and no i can't do that and liza looked at her and says oh let's face it you you've never liked me anyway right so, yeah that was a real woman to woman moment yeah it was, was like when you've never really liked me just go ahead she's like you know you know what maybe i'm crazy but if somebody i didn't care for i would not let them have the satisfaction of putting the bullet in me <laughs> i'm like i ain't about to let you do it i'm a, i'd rather do it myself and let you that, pull my, push my wig back. <laughs> yeah. That was that was a really one of the one of the really strong scenes in tonight's episode. Uh, you know, like Travis taking the gun and actually doing it. Uh, so that was that was a really strong strong moment. I thought, and and, and I I like the way they progressed that. And like you know, she said like goodbyes and then walked down and was going to. Uh, and then you know, Madison followed her down. It's like no, I'm not going to let you do this and here I've been bit and then they have their exchange and then Travis shows up and uh, I think it was I think it was played out well I think it was written written well and played out well some of the the best moments on the show is off camera you notice that yeah (laughs) yeah you know it's like uh, I wonder if they shot some of these scenes and just didn't put it in there but like there's a lot of stuff that happens (laughs) that is pivotal but it happens off camera you know and you know that one I let him off the hook with, because the way they did it pretty cool. But you know I would have liked to seen them uh, let those walkers out. That'd have been cool. I I I, I wouldn't be surprised if it's on the DVD or something. Yeah. And a couple of other. Well, you know, it was it was pretty cool how he just kind of sauntered in there, like on. Hello, how you? It's like a nice evening, <laughs> isn't it? How you doing? And. He's still, I'm going to shoot you. Oh, I think you want to save your bullets and then wanders on and then, oh, crap. Wait, yeah. wait, wait, you a, know? Minute. wait a minute. I, oh, I, I, wait, hold on a second. I have, uh, I have that. Here. She turned? Dead don't use tools, man. Could be infected. Nice night. Sir, you're entering a restricted area. Stay where you are. I don't want to have to shoot you, old man. You should save your ammunition. (laughs) (laughs) That was a great line. He delivered it well. Yeah, Yeah, I like that. Uh, He was all just cool in the game. I love it. Actually, I like the the fact that they kind of leave us hanging with that part where they don't show you how he released everybody because, like, I have this whole mental picture of him, like, okay, come on, here's Zombie, here's Zombie, and then, like, he runs far away enough and then waits for them to catch up again, you know what I mean? Kind of like a reverse Pepe Le Pew. Yeah. <laughs> he was too Going chill out. though. Yeah, that would that'd chill, be though. interesting to just, that that's one of those ones that actually would be interesting to see how he got the whole mass to follow him. And they were so quiet know. until they needed to be known that they were there. It was like how did they you know, they were so they, it was like they were tippy toeing until he gave them the word. Like, <laughs> right. All right now, y'all can come on in now, like, you know. <laughs> so, uh, like, yeah. you know, it's like as he started to kind of walk off like after he said you'll want to save your ammunition 
I, I, I kind of half expected him to turn around and go, come here, Spot, come on. Right, exactly. And, <laughs> and just keep walking. <laughs> yeah. All right, so we've got to the end of the show. Um, I want to once again thank everybody for coming on the show. And uh, also, uh, you know, um, you guys can just kind of shout it out. Are you guys excited about... Uh, about um, season two, uh, we'll start off with you, Tori. Are you excited about uh, season two? When yes, I'm very excited. I cannot wait to see what they're gonna do with it because, mm-hmm. you know, it's either they're gonna stay in LA or they're gonna go somewhere else, and we're not really sure. Mm-hmm. And hopefully, some more questions that we've had will be answered. And uh, I, I just don't want to be let down. You know, because <laughs> I have such high expectations that I don't want to be let down. So um, I'm anticipating a good season two. Mm-hmm. Okay. And what about you, Gray? Hmm. I kind of actually, uh, on the bubble, I really, really am looking forward to season two, but for a little bit of a different reason. I'm almost hoping that what they'll do is they'll have somebody from. Walking Dead come forward onto this show or you know at least uh, you know what I'm looking forward to is now that everything is started in motion you know really getting some story going it's like you know build the characters get uh, so it's like a, I kind of feel like as though that I would have wanted maybe two more episodes on this season before that and definitely it's like season two will be quite the exciting thing coming up and it'll be all left up in the air to see where they're going to be going and hopefully round out some of these characters okay what about you Cher? oh yeah yeah all the way i can't wait for season two um just as we've seen rick's son um, grow up pr- practically on his show. Um, you know, I'm waiting to see the character arcs of the kids, especially. Um, and Nick, uh, in particular, I've got to see where his arc uh, ends up because yeah. now he's got, you know, as we were talking about, now he's got Strand as this out of nowhere, you know, influence. And, 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 and he, he, had that prolific line, the, the best part uh, towards the end there, when he had that conversation with his mom, where he says, you know what, I feel like I've been living like this. This has been my world for quite some time now, and everybody's catching up to me. And again, uh, as I was saying, there are certain takeaways that come out of, you know, episodes about zombies and things like this i feel like that statement there was you know he just he felt lost he felt like he was in this world of despair and now that the world of despair has physically opened up around him and other people are now experiencing that that depth of despair now he feels like he's part of the world which is just i find so ironic and um yeah i i can't i can't wait for season two all right. Uh, what about you, Olaf? Yeah, I. Uh, it's like tonight's episode was really good. I enjoyed it, and it. Yeah, I was. Uh, it, I think it played out well, and I like the way they left it. In other words, they. It's. It's a. 
it leaves you with a lot of questions and it not like oh well you know where they've left uh, in like walking dead where they left them trapped in a rail it's like a railroad cart okay how are they ever going to get out of that you know with tonight the way they ended it you know he's got a boat he's he's you know strand has got his act together and he's already said that nobody's going to, he's not going to let him stay in the house. So nobody's staying here. He's going to stay moving. And then they show, he shows you Abigail, which is his, uh, which is his boat. Uh, so I, 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 they've left it in a very good, good spot because like you say, you don't know if they're going to, you know, they're going to leave, but are they just going to go out on the boat and stay out there? Or are they going to go? Has he got, you know, has he got an idea to go, you know, it, it wouldn't surprise me if he had an island somewhere, you know, that he could go to and had right? even more, have it even more supplies because he said, I've prepared for this. I have supplies. I'm ready. So uh-huh. it wouldn't, it wouldn't surprise me for him to go somewhere else, uh, like say to an island somewhere or, you know, to get away and, you know, Everybody kind of stay there for a while, or some go, some don't. But uh, you know, his hideaway from his import export business. <laughs> right. Yeah, right. And I, why do I feel like that boat is named after said wife that apparently gave him the watch and the cufflinks and all that, but is not in the picture? You know what I'm saying? Like, oh, I can't wait to see the rest of his arc too. Well, like the, his the rest cuff, of his background. The cufflinks have something to do with the with the either a wife or something because. The cufflinks he wanted to he wanted to keep the cufflinks and there was some I can't remember what the inscription was on the back of them, right? But there was an inscription on it, and when he had the chance to get his watch back, he's like, "You can keep the watch." So yeah. the watch didn't mean anything to him, but the cufflinks did. Right. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, so I'm looking forward to season two. Okay, and uh, Yardley, um, are you looking forward to season two? Yeah, I'm definitely curious about what's going to go on. The echo to sentiments. I'm curious, probably the most about Strand and finding out um, how much that he knew previously to what's going down. I'm also interested in seeing uh, a little bit more into why um, Madison kind of acts the way that she is. We know that there are some things about her character that are going to be revealed next season, so I'm kind of curious about her. Um, Travis, they've kind of um, taking him to a different place by the end of these first six episodes. I think we kind of have an idea of how. Yeah, you're, uh, you're a little bit on the low side of the game. Can you guys hear me? There you go. That's mm-hmm. Okay, okay yeah, I, better now. Okay. Um, no, I was saying I am excited about it. I'm more curious about Strand's art going forward. I'm also curious about what's going to go down with Madison. I think we already have an idea of the trajectory that Travis is going to take now that he's probably the the second loss that was on the show. Um, The relationship between Nick and Strand going forward is going to also be interesting for me. And the fact that they've kind of gave us a little glimpse into this boat, this whole situation, it kind of leaves things wide open to where you don't really have any clue if whether or not they're going to try to travel somewhere, just to vote where all of those supplies are, what's going to go on. So I do like the uh, the wide open nature going into this season. And um, as far as, um, you know, the tension, the way that things are shot and the drama aspect, 
we, we've got to get it from one of the other of these shows. At least for me, I'm getting it more out of this show. So I, I definitely like uh, the way that things are being laid out um, in this one. Because it kind of seems like the things that I don't feel like I get from The Walking Dead, I'm getting from this one. So maybe it's a balance. I don't think that that's a balance that's on purpose, but um, I'm definitely enjoying, especially like the last three episodes. So going into next season, my curiosity still peaked, and uh, we'll see what they can do with 15 episodes. You know what you can do, Yarley? You can treat this show like a, a wife and a mistress. You know, what you don't get from the wife, you can get from the mistress. Right? And I'm really hoping, though, that they're going to have a full season of season two. It's like not another one of these six episodes. No, it is. I don't think so. I think it's going to be a full season, kind of how they did with The Walking Dead. Yeah. 15. It's already been. It's 13, right? It's 15. Oh, yeah? Excellent. Very good. All right, so I'd like to thank everybody. Uh, you guys were awesome. It'll be, it'll be a, full, fuller, a fuller season. It'd be, was it 12 or 15? Yeah, we, yep. we just said that. Yeah, 15. Right, I, I want to thank everybody. Season uh, two of The Walking Dead was 14 episodes. Oh, 14. Okay. Hello. Uh, I want to uh, thank everybody for uh, coming on the show. Uh, I want to start off with you, uh, Grayson. How can people get you in social media? Well, you can get me on Facebook, on Twitter, uh, at the at movie time uh, IND. You can also get me on my website, www.pastlivesproductionsinc. Also, you can get me on LinkedIn, Bizipedia, gosh, way too many places. And the lists just keep on growing. <laughs> All right, and share. Yes, indeed. Um, matter of fact, I've, uh, I'll be uh, launching my official uh, web design um, services later on this month. So um, I'll be giving out that web address uh, in a little bit. Uh, for now, though, you can reach me on Twitter, again, at Cher Davis, C-H-E-R-D-A-V-I-S. Um, and uh, email me, if you like, at share at sharedavis.com. All right. And Tori? You can find me on Twitter, as I said earlier, at Rush Tori, T-O-R-Y. You can find me every day in my Walking Dead group, The Infectious Walking Dead. Uh, you can just go to Facebook and search groups and type in The Infectious Walking Dead. And we also have a website, www.infectiouswalkingdead.com. All right, uh, Olaf. Well, you can follow me on both Facebook and Twitter at Olaf Barbosa. Just don't follow too close, too closely because I do get nervous and I do have an itchy trinker finger. <laughs> and he does bite. No, I don't bite. I just nibble. Well. <laughs> All right, uh, Yardley. Uh, you can follow me at militant underscore marker on Twitter. And if you go to IndieRadio.org, all of the Twitter handles from all of our shows contain I moderate. So you can actually follow me through any of those as well. All right. So I want to uh, take uh, this opportunity to uh, uh, to um, thank everybody who's listening to the show. And, of course, we'll be back. And at some point, we're going to uh, unpack the whole season and kind of break it down in more depth uh, probably in a, a couple of weeks or so. 
But um, of course, we'll be back to cover The Walking Dead. And uh, I also, I want to, um, I have a promo for tomorrow night's uh, Mars Venus. So here it is. This Monday, join us on Men and Women Talk, The Mars Venus Show, as we discuss moral dilemmas with our panel. All this takes place at 6 p.m. Pacific, 9 p.m. Eastern, at your home for independent content, IndieRadio.org. All right, so make sure you guys check that out tomorrow, as well as, uh, of course, the Spotlight on Thursday, and uh, Movie Time, and I believe uh, Infectious Geek, right, will be on Wednesday? Correct. All right. Absolutely. So uh, we have a full week of programming and uh, you can follow me at Kente F. And please make sure you follow this program at Talking Fear TWD. Once again, that's at Talking Fear TWD. And like us on Facebook at uh, Fear Talking Fear the Walking Dead. Uh, it was a really good season. I'm, I enjoyed it. And you guys have a great week. Peace. Bye, guys. Bye. Take care.